There we go. All right. Back this time with Ben from New Jersey. How's it going, Ben? It's all right. And uh, me here in Spokane. Um, we're playing Final Fantasy VI, and we were interrupted last time. I I'm Williamless right now, so we shouldn't be interrupted again. We were just, I think we were talking about things going on back in Narsh, uh, where we are kind of checking in with the um, politics of this whole returners crusade. So you were saying something about Bannon, but it got cut off by my baby screaming really loud. So could you just yeah. like pick that back up maybe? I think I was a little suspicious of Bannon. Um, like mm. as considering the fact that, you know, all of our interactions with him, um, like as much as he's sort of the, the hailed leader of the returners and everybody respects him and you get all the characters who are really excited about him. Um, he's also, he's also the one who gives Terra the really difficult decision to, to either, you know, join up the re with the returners and accept her fate or um, make some, you know, make the, that really difficult choice, which, you know, we talked about, like, if you, if you actually back off on the choice, um, you can get that really cool item. Uh, but I also like you carry him around in your party and he's, it's really easy to lose him. And then just to make matters worse, like you finally get to this point in Narsh and you know, you've come all this way and you fought all of these guys and you did the whole Magitech research facility and you've had this really emotional moment, like exploring Terra's history and finding out about her legacy. And then you come back and he's like, all right, now go back out there and, and go, go beat up Kafka and stuff. And you never actually see him fight. He's just sort yeah. of, commanding from behind the lines um well his plan here is a little odd too like you don't have the firepower to take down the empire like everything we've seen has suggested that we absolutely are the strongest force in the world at this point we could totally take out the empire um that's that's what i've kind of been one like but he says no you better go and um recruit all the other espers which is mm. exactly what the empire was trying to do <laughs> before right but yeah. I, I don't know about this plan of his yeah it's uh it's dubious at best yeah you, i mean you get the sense that like everybody is on the side of the returners i mean even when you go to vector literally every person you meet and talk to who isn't a soldier is working for the resistance. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you would think that you would think that this would have been taken care of at this point. Like wh why do you need us to do all the dirty work for you? All the heavy lifting, like admittedly we are the most powerful force in the world. We have taken out Kefka and his magical armaments on multiple mm -hmm. occasions. Um, we have a, a substantial number of espers on our side and they're apparently the real firepower in this world at this point. Um, so obviously like getting us to do their work is is great but you know i'm still waiting for the scene where like all the peasants rise up pitchforks in hand and <laughs> you know storm the capital and vector yeah that would be the proper i think um outcome here but instead yeah i feel like there could have been a different way to get us to go back to the esper world um mm -hmm. besides like you know hand waving about like we need more um you know, more of an army before we storm the empire or something like that. Like, I feel like the, the Terra, you know, um, inheritance question is, mm -hmm. is at least as interesting. And like, maybe she just wants to go and like, see what her other side of her family's like, you know? Yeah. Um, 
so that I felt like that was just like kind of clumsy and 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 I didn't I didn't really get why <laughs> yeah as a story point it's it's really weird that you know you have this epic quest you you do the Magitech research facility which is one of like the high points oh, at yeah. this stage of the game and then it's like and now go back to Narsh for five minutes to have Bannon lecture you and then dispatch you right back to the continent where you were. It except, just... except, oh, of there course. is one more thing you can do in Narsh. Yep. I don't know if you noticed, uh, but there's this, <laughs> there's this cute little adorable um, mascot of the series who hangs out in the caves of Narsh. And we met him and his mm-hmm. pals way back at the start of the game. Um, and you get to um, make a fateful choice once more here and decide whether to rescue him or um, or not, which I don't know who opts Right, not yeah, to. let him die. Yeah, like what kind of monster doesn't <laughs> rescue <laughs> Doesn't dog. rescue dog. Yeah, so, yeah, so the way that works is um, there's that one treasure chest you couldn't open before in the, mm-hmm. in the house with all the, the stuff in it. And... Um, and there's this other character you met way back at the beginning. He was like in the prison at um, Figaro Castle. Right, the wolf pickpocket. Mm-hmm. The wolf, the wolf-headed man, Lone Wolf, the pickpocket, um, who's like a cool kind of, you know, Bizarro Lock character right. in a way. And so he like pops out and steals the treasure, um, not unlike the um, the swordsman in the train does. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's some you know comic relief i guess and frustration because you got to chase him through all the um the mines which still have like just as weak enemies as before right it's kind of a waste of time i mean and that's why you didn't do this right you just didn't have time (laughs) yep yeah well i you know woke up early on a saturday morning and did this so uh (laughs) so i really i've been really looking forward to um to getting mog on my team here so and it looks like um you know you can't you cannot uh, get the other secret character yet who is like truly secret mm-hmm. and they make, they make this Yeti character like even more secret by like covering him with this other secret, right? If you get the one secret, yeah. you think, Oh, I've got the secret thing here, but no, there's yet another secret character. So I think, well, I think that there's more to be said here also because when you chase lone wolf, he leads you to the um, you know, that, that outcrop where, the uh, esper from the start of the game is mm-hmm. and it's still there and it's still frozen and you still can't do anything with it which i thought right. was also kind of weird it, it um, is like especially because at this point it has started opening up all the the various magicites like you can yeah. pick these things up and collect them and do stuff with them it's really weird and really t- like tempting tantalizing that you know here this first esper that you've ever interacted with the one that tara had her first reaction to and you can't do anything about it like it's still frozen in ice it's odd yeah to say the least it it again suggests that there's just like more stuff to unravel than what we've got Mm -hmm. we're not really privy to everything going on yet and so well it's cool because then you get this like great you know, uh, trolley problem where the two of them pop off to either side and you whoever you go and talk to first um, determines whether Mog joins your party or whether you get the treasure from the treasure box, mm-hmm. um, which is handy because it's a, a, a gold hairpin. It'll have the cost of MP for any spell you want to use, which in any other game is like a really good item. But I feel like in this yeah. game, it's a little watered down because I mean, magic is handy, but it's by no means the only like 
powerful thing you can use in battle. So yeah. At yeah. the same time, though, I mean, like we after going through that whole cave complex on the way to the to the you know the door to the other world uh-huh. and getting wound like using up all of your magic to keep the party healthy, yeah. you know, having magic, it's it's not to be not to be spat at. Like, uh, well, sure, uh, it, I, less it's less a power issue, I think, as an endurance thing at this point. Like, because cure is always magic that's what i'm always running out of mp to use it or using no yeah i feel that and okay well i have some things to say about the enemies in that cave too but okay yeah we'll come back to that yeah we'll come back i mean so you you gotta i mean you've gotta choose mog though he's yes adorable he's just he talks in a really um you know he has like little kupo noises that he makes Mm -hmm. which apparently according to our friend Clyde Mandolin, the localizer is like a sound that represents like scarfing down food or something in Japanese. So it's <laughs> okay. like, he's always like, he's you know, always his mouth is always full of something that he's nomming on. And mm-hmm. that's just cute. I mean, anyway, so you get, you get the Mog and, um, and he's just like, okay, well, I'll, I'll wait for you in the airship. Uh, if you don't have a spot for him in your party at the time. So right. He somehow knows about the airship. He knows about the espers because one appeared to him in a dream, he says, um, okay. which is, a, you know, a neat thing. I guess he's like in touch with this other yeah. world in some way. Like he's tapped into it. And and his his ability is to um, to kind of like change the background of the fight of the battle screen. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime that you do one of his dances, if you're not already on that terrain, it changes the um, the graphics of the background and changes it to uh, whichever part of the world that that dance is um, representing. Right. So when you first get him, he probably has just the one from the caves um, that you might have learned way back at the start of the game. Um, but if you walk around different kinds of terrain and fight enemies, he uh, automatically will learn dances at the end of the battle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's like eight of the different kinds of um uh like the there's the forest there's the grassland the desert there's even the town if you go Mm -hmm. back and fight someone in a town he'll learn a dance for that and um and apparently it's like really difficult to get the uh, water one Mm -hmm. because there's very few places you can fight enemies underwater or in water Um, and so that's like a whole other little side quest you have to do to to make your way through this um serpent trench again Mm-hmm. Um, I think on in remakes of the game, there's a, there's another option though where you can oh, okay. edit later. But but yeah, anyway, so he's pretty cool. He dances. It um it takes him out of your control. Um, so he's a bit like Gao in that way. Yeah, you just lose control of him from the rest of the battle. Um, but he's doing like heavy damage to all foes or healing your whole party, mm-hmm. or just insta killing people. So it's you know it's worth having him. He also um when he joins your party, at least for me. He was several levels higher than the rest of my um, my characters, and so he automatically was the strongest character I could use. So I definitely right. like had every every motivation to to put him in my team. Who who did you who did you bring along to um, spelunk your way to the uh, the big gate? Yeah, I think my setup was Edgar and Sabin because I still had them on the team from from going through. Nice. Uh, going through Figaro and getting their cutscene. Um, I had Terra because at this point she's she's the heavy duty healer. 
Yeah. Um, like I'm gradually teaching everybody cure. And at this point I think Setzer knows cure and I'm working on lock now. Um, and then I had Setzer cause he's just my man. Um, he's your favorite. What is his whole little story? Like, this is another thing I was curious, like that could have been another way in, I think to, to the next little segment of game here. Do we ever find out like what's Setzer's deal? What's, What's he up to? Uh, I think we get more in the second half of the game. Like we okay. see a little bit more of his backstory, a little bit of his connection to airshipdom okay. overall. Um, but it's it isn't it isn't comprehensive. Like he doesn't have the sort of rich backstory that Locke does or Terra does or even Sellers to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a bit enigmatic, and I think that fits his character too. Like yeah. he is he is Han Solo. He is yeah. you know Count of Monte Cristo, rich but weird, and you don't know exactly where he came from. But he's too cool to ignore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's a bit of a Lando Calrissian almost. Mm-hmm. Even yeah, um, especially in the new. Oh God, let's not go down that route. Okay, but uh, <laughs> so there, uh, yeah. So you you know again you you have all all the um, freedom in the world here. I think you only have to bring Tara, right? She's the only one who has yeah. to be in the party. So yeah. that's cool. And like you said, Celis is out of the picture right now. So Tara is like probably your best, you know, magic user and you want her mm-hmm. anyway. Um, well, yeah, she's definitely your best magic user. And, you know, she's like well-rounded. Um, mm-hmm. She can equip. Yeah, with that that Genji glove, you get another one down in yeah. the game. Which it was is, my first because I missed the first one. But well, yeah, that's. But you'd really just need the one. Like it's. That's it's the thing. Overpowered. Yeah. I feel like it. And uh, I had it. I had it equipped on Sabin with, uh, the black belt, so oh he would retaliate for double yeah. hits. Um, it, it backfired on me though because he the the best weapon he has at the moment is like the fire gauntlet, so it does fire damage, Ooh. and the the ing enemies absorb fire. <laughs> That's, so I was yeah. healing them more than I was damaging them. It was kind That's of... frustrating. It's also the case that if you pick up the assassin um, sword, yes, it's like it's a trick because you put it on somebody, it insta kills them, but they're undead, so they just they just come right back. Mm-hmm. So you absolutely like heal them to their full health by killing them. It's obnoxious, but <laughs> but just like in your you know in your. Um, uh, what's it called, cavern, the Cosmo Canyon cavern part mm-hmm. of Final Fantasy VII. Just like there are these undead enemies in these fire, you know, lava caves um, tend to be killable with a phoenix down, which yes. is a handy thing to know. So I feel like in a way it like teaches you that maybe, or at least like gives you this hint like, hey, try, try this other thing. Because I don't know, maybe even a Revivify will kill them. I'm not sure. I didn't try that, but I yeah, did try I didn't Phoenix try now. Revivify. And that's awesome because you can steal those from these characters and they drop them at the ends of battles. So they mm-hmm. basically like give you ammunition to just one-shot them. Yep. And so I brought Locke along because I like stealing stuff. Makes sense. I brought Mog because he can jump and he can dance um, right. with his dragon boots um, and his like spear. He does a ton of damage with the jump. Yeah, and, jump um, is perfect for mine. It's so cool. So he'll kill one thing. You know, Edgar will kill one thing with the chainsaw, and then I just like steal from the other one and then kill it. You know, the next round. Yep. And yeah. so I I didn't really like once I figured that out. Like I I was definitely struggling in the first few chambers here. I was like a, a pretty big level up from all the other enemies I'd been fighting. But mm-hmm. but once I figured that out, it was be it became pretty routine and um and I didn't have too much trouble with this dungeon overall, I have to say. Um, yeah, I think 
I think what struck me about the dungeon this time through, like I I struggled with it a little bit. Again, the Ing were absorbing Savin's sure. best weapon, so uh, but I also discovered I'm not entirely sure when I picked them up, but I'm sure that I did along the way, that I have multiple multiple moves of his that I had not been utilizing. Like I was only using the first of his brawl moves. Mm. And then I discovered that he had like the aura blast. And the oh, minute yeah. I started using it, I was one shotting basically <laughs> everybody I, I attacked. So, you know, between him having like the dual weapons and the retaliation and being able to, you know, do massive damage with his yeah. like two-handed attack and then i was using aura blast to knock out the ing in one shot you know along with edgar doing his chainsaw and tara keeping the party healthy and yeah it it, it got ugly fast um, <laughs> nice Dude, and you also get the coin toss uh or it has a weird name in the original game i think mm-hmm. i forget right now it's it's named after somebody actually oh, i should i should probably look that up but anyway what it does is throw money at the enemy which is yep. pretty like powerful actually um if you want to go that route but right. you know, money's nice to have too at this stage yes but at this point in the game especially it's like you there's not that much to spend it on yeah um you know if, if you've like it's a bit of a struggle if you haven't been grinding very much but now that we're getting into these marathon dungeons and we're there aren't any new items to buy from most of the shopkeepers because um, you've probably bought all the best stuff, then you know what? Are, what are you doing with all that money? Why not just throw it at people? <laughs> <laughs> it's nice, yeah. And so there's some really strong items down here. There's also, I think, the like strongest weapon in the game. Although it um, it doesn't actually have its full power yet. Mm-hmm. The uh, the, the translation Atma. is Atma, yeah. But yeah. it's like apparently supposed to just be Ultima. Um, it's like. I guess a phonetic translation or something where they weren't. Yeah, I, I think it might actually be uh, a um, character limitation. Ah, okay. Because you know, like, there's only so many characters reserved for each one, and the Japanese kanji, you know, there there's a whole different way that it fits on the screen. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they they dropped a couple letters just to just to make it fit on the the usual item line. Um, but yeah, it starts out fairly weak but it levels up with you which is Um, cool yeah i mean so you can you know look forward to that um it's it's hidden there's a lot of hidden treasure in the Mm -hmm. cave there's a lot of like weird kind of traps we haven't seen before yep all those Um, switches and mm -hmm. you know the falling off of the bridge and that that crazy puzzle where the bridges move every couple of seconds and you have to be on the right space or you fall into the lava yeah yeah i so I like the um, the kind of like atmosphere of the dungeon. I liked that the enemies there are scary looking, but actually mm-hmm. kind of you know not not so bad. like if you can figure out their their weaknesses, they're not so bad, and and their strengths for that matter. Right, yeah. it's kind of interesting. It it keeps it fresh. So I, yeah. So as far as that goes, um, I I think that the um, the implication too is like this. Um, this route that we're taking is um, is open for us. Like the empire is not getting in our way. Mm-hmm. Um, the the whole like um, camp that we were thrown out of before is empty now. And so mm-hmm. it's like there's there's this kind of ominous quality to everything going on because like you are 
expecting some resistance from them and they aren't offering it. You're just, mm -hmm. you just get this free pass. And so you're wiping out all the monsters. And by the time you get to the gate, um, you're kind of like ready for some sort of big showdown, right? right. You're set up for that. Yep. And the boss sure fight enough, is coming. Yeah. You know, sure enough, Kefka, you know, with his laugh, he, he appears and um, you've led him right there. Oh, very good. Okay. But the boss fight is, again, very underwhelming. <laughs> yeah. It's like it, one round, right? Yeah. It's, it's very much a feint in its own right. Like it, it's really only there for story purposes. Um, and you can kind of tell going in because they, they do the, the normal overworld Kefka sprite instead of his like boss form, which is, you know, we fought him up at exactly. the mountains of Narsh and, and it's much scarier when he's in boss mode and like you have to actually beat him. But here you just, you know, exchange a couple of blows and mostly you're just watching as Terra is opening up the gate and all the crazy stuff goes down. So, yeah, I, I didn't really, again, understand why... Why, when we've we've been given to understand that espers are um, morally upright and and good, right? They they take care of their own certainly, and they seem to want to help you against the empire. Um, mm. That seems true, but um, they also like up up till now have have shown themselves to be like semi-rational at least at least right. Right? except for a few of them and and so that's kind of the interesting thing they have this like this dual quality where in some cases they act like your party in a way right they, mm -hmm. they talk to you they explain things on the other hand there's these espers who do not talk and just like fly off and destroy stuff yeah um and so maybe they're more along the lines of that one that's frozen in ice at the start that just like um annihilates your companions <laughs> when, yeah. when you talk to it, right? Um, so, yeah, so I, I didn't know quite what to make of this this turn uh, where they, they fly out and um, go on a rampage, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, what what are we supposed to take from that? It It is weird, like, especially because we are coming off of that long flashback with Tara thinking about, you know, her family, Maduin and and uh madonna like espers is caring espers is loving espers as members of your family espers that have been wronged that are victims um and even like your interactions with rama and the espers at the at the magitech research facility like the most that you get is shiva and ifri testing you yeah. um, but it's but it's a very deliberate thing like it's very calculated in its own right um but you also kind of get the sense that these are these are espers in captivity. These are espers who have been weakened by being captured by Kefka and are embittered by this. But at the same time, like they're not the ones who go on the rampage. You would think that they would be. Um, right. Like if freed, they're the ones that start you know killing all the empire and they all like attack Kefka and take him out. But instead, it's when you open open the gate that the espers that weren't involved in that, the ones that weren't captured, it's like since the doors have closed or closed since Maduin left, it's just rage yeah. that they've been piling up all this time. Um, so on the one hand, you get this sort of like force of nature quality to yeah, them, like, yeah. you know, Godzilla 
just sort of sleeping under the ocean waiting to be woken up by a nuclear blast and then attacking people um but on the other hand you just kind of get the sense that like what the empire did to the esper community has been festering in all of the time since you've been there so you know when tara goes up saying hey help us fight the empire they're just they're not even in a state to make an agreement and you know when they attack they blow kefka away but they don't (laughs) attack him specifically they just attack the world at large yeah um it's indiscriminate they they don't seem to to be able to tell the difference between the empire or humanity under the empire's oppression they just are mad at everything that our world represents at this point and you know it's hard not to not to see their point um yeah i guess so but at the same time again it's a it's a kind of um it's a kind of development of their character i think which is unexpected is i guess how i would put it um again it's like what i was given to expect from that maduin flashback is like we're going to go there and get to explore this other world. Like that's a thing that happens in final fantasy games. Mm-hmm. At some point you unlock this like other dimension, other planet, whatever it might be, the underworld of final fantasy four, you know? Right. Yeah, so, yeah. But, um, but no, like it, it completely changes and, and turns it around on you. Um, which I think is kind of cool. Like, yeah, again, it makes me more interested. I think, um, in digging in still to to this kind of underlying question about the source of magic um it's kind of moral valence if any Mm -hmm. um and in what sense you can communicate with these beings and and like get to know them in what sense are they like and not like you know humans um because in in that way maduin and rama maybe are outliers that they're so kind of human in in that respect whereas it seems like most of them, um, the strong ones who were not taken, right, right? Uh, who, who have been behind the door the whole time, uh, they, they abide by certain rules uh, that are not within our ken at this point. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think it's kind of interesting. It is frustrating, though. Like, I, I yeah. wanted to get to explore um, Esper World some more, and um, I wanted to talk and get more story but that's yeah and they really lock it up too like there's when when after after the espers come bursting out and blow all your characters away they literally block the door like with boulders it's an extended sequence of boulders falling very precisely (laughs) yeah but at the same time you know you you cannot get more emphatic like in video game language no you cannot go through this door yes Um, it is sealed um so you know this it's it's weird and interesting that like this is the last move of the espers like just a whole bunch break into our world proceed to wreck up the place and with no strategy of going back home um or any plan any interest in parley uh, just we're going to destroy your stuff. We're going to wreck. We're going to take vengeance and there's nothing you can do about it. And like even the designs of the espers we see, like they're dragons and monsters and like gigantic sea creatures. And they're all scary looking. Yeah, uh, they are. And like, I think that their silence more... is the scariest part, honestly. Yeah. That they are not rational at this point. Yeah. They're, there's no talking there's no conversation there's no 
there, there's not even like the ominous, you know, one of them meets with Terra and says, no, we refuse to deal with you. Like, no, they just fly out in a, <laughs> in a rage, blow everybody away, and then just are gone just as fast. Yeah. Well, the um the music here is pretty rad too, right? It goes mm-hmm. it goes crazy, um, and um, very like dystopian, you know, um, end of the world sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <laughs> you get to sort of leave very quickly. Um, there's like a shortcut out of yep. the cave, which is nice. Um, yes, I did not want to go through the whole cave again. It's merciful, <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, and I don't know, like, can you come back to the cave later if you want to? I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, I think you can. I think it's, like, unlocked. Um, but I think you get as far as the door, and, again, it's blocked. And there's yeah. nothing you can do about it. Like, you can, you can walk through. You can't actually retrace your steps through the shortcut. I tried. Wow. Um, it, it just it circles you around, which is kind of interesting. Like... Wow. It takes uh, the shortcut takes you through the door into the first room that you start in, and if you go back through that door, you're in the second room. So you have to go all the way back if you want to get to that to uh, the the Esper World door. Okay. Um, Weird. But, okay. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah. So you can you can explore that some more. You can level or find stuff you missed if you wanted to. But um, but yeah, there's a there's there's no two ways about it. There's no going to Esper World. Um, it becomes a part of the background, a part of uh, the like the paths that this story chose not to go down, so to speak. Right. And and okay, so we're we're kind of like in this transition period then of um, trying to figure out. So yeah, so what are we supposed to do next? We're supposed to go back to the ship. Is mm-hmm. uh, what happened? So there's a really weird sequence that comes up next. I know you haven't played this part yet so we'll talk about it next time but um you uh you get to sort of do some mini games which are odd uh and and i think you get you get rewarded based on some strange criteria so um so i'm i'm curious what you will think about that when when you've got through uh through the um yeah i guess basically the end of the war the uh the truce the peace uh with Mm -hmm. the empire um, and then, uh, we, gosh, it's tragic. We lose the airship. The airship is kaput. Um, so I, yeah, I, I know that we'll get another one at some point, but mm-hmm. I kind of liked this one. It was like really classy. It had, you know, all the blackjack tables, card tables <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. which I really wanted those to be like a mini game you could play. Um, mm-hmm. but alas, yeah, our imagination outruns uh, what, what's actually possible sometimes in these things. Well, yeah. So, was there other was there other material from these chapters that we should touch on here? Uh, not especially that I can think of. Like, again, I feel a little a little gypped for not getting Mog when I had the chance. Mm. Um, but I know you know there there's like one of the weird things about this process is, you know, you go through these dungeons and they're the most time consuming part of the game, but there's also the least to say about them. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I spent a solid hour going through the lava dungeon, just, you know, navigating the traps and circling around, um, fighting that random ninja who shows oh, yeah. up. Yeah. Um, who is also just really weird. 
um, he just drops out of the sky when you hit the wrong lever and attacks you. And I'm pretty sure you get the assassin from him. Well, he he gives you the hint about the um, yeah the hidden just, treasures in the like you just walk around and check random spots on the ground and you'll find treasures. Mm-hmm. Um, he sort of gives you a hint about that. I don't remember if you get a good item from him. I think the assassin is earlier. It's in a treasure box. Okay, yeah. And you just and it's like, oh, awesome, a strong weapon that kills things in one hit. I'll equip that. Right. It <laughs> killed me in one hit. Yeah. Um, but no, the the ninja dude is pretty cool, and he reminds me again that I want to dr- get Shadow to join my party, and I don't mm. know how to do that. Um, shucks. Okay. Yeah. But he is basically like, yeah, he can throw stuff at you. He can, um, he can cast a uh, vanish on himself, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like a cool enemy. Um, but uh, but yeah, Shadow hasn't made an appearance in a while. I don't know what I'm supposed to do to get him to join my party. Yeah, he that that's scripted, so don't okay. worry about it. There, there's no no quest that you need to complete for that. He will show up when he, when he is good and ready. And no no agonizing decisions about whether to get the gold hairpin or rescue the Moogle. There is in fact an agonizing decision, but it is Ooh. after he is joined up. Okay. So. Okay. Um, so be wary for that. That one I do remember. <laughs> is this so? Is I mean, is there any other party member so far that it's possible not to have join your party, or is um, Mog the only at, one so far? At this point, I don't think so. I think okay. Mog is the only truly optional character at this stage of the game. There are a bunch later. Yeah. Um, like tons. In the second half of the game, you can you can rescue or not rescue as many as you want. Whoa. Um, yeah, it it's nuts. Like I'm really looking forward to to the second half of the game because that's where it really really opens up, um, and and that includes some of the party members that you wouldn't think are optional, um, but that's definitely down the road. Okay. For now, again, I think it's just Mog. I don't think there's any way to get the Yeti at this point. You have to wait on that one. <laughs> um, there will be a decision with Shadow come up down the road a, a bit, but that's not now um and then we still have a couple characters who will join up before the the midpoint of the game but that's also scripted like we'll we'll no way to avoid that one okay yeah so there's yeah again there's like um there's this odd kind of quality to the game where the things that you have to spend the most time doing gameplay wise are maybe less interesting story wise Um, yeah and I don't know that that's, I don't know whether that's the mark of like less careful design on their part. They just like felt like, oh, we like need to have a tougher, longer dungeon here. It should have some lava in it. Okay, good. Like, I don't know. Like, again, I feel like there was some missed opportunities at this stage of the game as far Mm -hmm. as the story. But on the other hand, I'm really satisfied by the the gameplay. Like I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a good amount of difficulty of new stuff of, um, yeah, I don't know. I like. I, yeah. I guess I, there's there's okay. honestly a good amount of discussion in gaming circles about how to balance your gameplay with your story. Um, like, uh, I mean, especially back in in you know the early '90s when Final Fantasy VI was a thing, there there were some serious limits just to the to the hardware. Like, what yeah. could you do with a game? But um, even then, there's a lot of the a lot of the decisions 
um, do seem motivated by the the RPG conventions as much as anything. Like yeah. you have, you know, we're going to do a dungeon now, and there will be lots of fighting in the dungeon, but it'll be you know menu fighting where you'll choose what you're going to do. Like you know, it's British boxing or something, all very <laughs> polite and organized. Right. Um, but then we're going to have a cutscene, and the cutscene will do story, and you know it's very rare. Um, that you'll see the two come together. But I honestly think, like, especially compared to past games in the Final Fantasy series, that Six is doing a lot of work mm-hmm. sort of making the two work together. Um, like, even when, you know, we, we poo-pooed our battle with Kefka, but that was all story right there. That's true. Um, like, they use the they use the battle interface to, to execute it, but you know, they're basically just doing dialogue and making, raising the stakes, using the fact that it's a battle to make it more intense, even if it's a little superficial and, and transparent. Yeah. Um, but it ought but to have I mean, gone on a little long. Like you had, you should have had yeah. to actually survive a few rounds at least. Uh, exactly. Like it should have been a difficult fight and, and an int- interesting story beat. But I mean, if you look at like Final Fantasy V or IV, it's pretty rare that they even even try something that ambitious. Right. Um, like you, there are good moments in both of those games. There are really intense battles that have important story um, elements attached to them. Like I think of that battle where you fight yourself in Final oh Fantasy IV. It's brilliant. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Oh, it, yeah, and that's one of those one of those examples of like using the gameplay to tell this really important story beat in just a fascinating and innovative way. Um, and six, you know, is making those decisions. It's not usually as elegant as that, um, but I think on the on the whole, like they are they're working hard at it. Yeah. Um, they're they're doing new stuff. It sometimes it hits, sometimes it misses. Um, like think of the think of the battle with the squid guy ultros in the <laughs> opera like that's great yeah. um and he's like writing letters to you halfway through the fight um it's just silly and wonderful um but it is you know the there are still conventions like from dragon quest and early final fantasy games this expectation that like you have to put gameplay first um that's that's what people are coming for that that's what they drop the 60 bucks on your chunk of plastic and silicon um <laughs> like they they want you to draw out this experience yeah. um and where a lot of games at the time were doing that with difficulty like you play a super mario game and it'll just kill you relentlessly force you to keep replaying the same levels over again in final fantasy it's much more about you know we're going to drag it out you want to get to the next story beat well you're going to have to go through this hour-long dungeon first um (laughs) you want to you know you want to get the really cool item well here's a boss fight it's going to be really difficult um and you know i don't have a problem with that it isn't it is clumsy by contemporary standards like they've done some really cool stuff with rpgs in the meantime um, I'm playing one now called Deep Sky Derelicts, which is awesome. It, like it's doing the old school RPG thing, but it's Good doing name. a really interesting twist and a lot of interesting mechanics. And um, so, you know, it, it's hard for me to get mad at Final Fantasy VI for not being up to that standard That's when funny. they are doing such cool things. No, as, as you're talking about that, I was trying to think like, okay, so like the lava, like I could see some thematic things there like this this painful powerful thing that is actually the thing that creates new 
terrain for things to grow on later. Mm -hmm. um, and the bridges, right, in that room, the way that they yeah. move, they cut off and then reappear. That to me... Or even is, like you destroy one at one point in order to yeah. proceed. Yeah, there's and there's like a switch inside of a of a treasure chest. So it's like mm -hmm. the process of finding these things and solving these puzzles is the process of progressing the story. Is the process of learning more about your characters. Yeah, like I, I I like that, and I think, yeah, for me, given my predilections towards more story and more exploration, um, I just yeah, when I come yeah. back to these older games, I feel like there's many opportunities there which given the limitations of the hardware probably weren't there to begin with, you know? And, um, but at the same time, like, I think that there are some, some interesting things that like just the details that they can control are sometimes very deliberate in their own right. Mm -hmm. Like we were talking about how there's a whole bunch of undead enemies here. Yeah. And you know, that's interesting from the standpoint of, you know, game design, like it's a new kind of enemy. It's a new character design, but what does that mean for the world as well? Like, if you think about it, the idea that we're approaching the espers and they are surrounded by undead enemies probably is the biggest tip we should get that the espers are not what they seem to be. Yeah, right. um, yeah like that, that's a deliberate move on their part. The designers specifically made a cave which for the first time is inhabited exclusively by undead enemies. Yeah. Um, so magic is doing something very morally ambiguous here. Um, Indeed. Yes. And like, I wonder about these kinds of caves too. Like, I mean, this is a, this is an overarching sort of quibble or like mm -hmm. foundational, like suspension of disbelief you have to have, but like who put these treasures here? <laughs> you know, who, who's controlling these switches that like, you know, set up these elaborate, um, you know traps and, and what like somebody did this um was mm -hmm. it was it whoever like worshiped the espers in this ancient civilization or like you know so you can was like it the espers themselves was it yeah. this random ninja guy you know so yeah so they they want to i mean they want to communicate with human beings and um and they have certain limitations on what they're willing to put up with from human beings um but they also you know, the way that you approach them is through, well, you know, this kind of like Indiana Jones, you know, Temple of Doom thing. So mm -hmm. um, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Like, so I'm again, like just very curious now about what, what this means for the end game as far as our, our, um, our alliance with the espers or whatever you want to call it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so the, this next, this next chapter puts another wrinkle in that with the, um, the empire laying down their arms, at least temporarily. So mm -hmm. yeah. there's no plan behind it. Yeah, there's there's definitely nothing suspicious about the way it's laid <laughs> out for you either. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, cool. Um, I, I know you're on break now, so hopefully we'll have a chance to uh, play a little more and talk again soon. Yep. Sounds right. good. Cool. Take it easy. You too. <laughs>